Hey, Richard. Hey, Mike. So uh, the show shape has changed recently, right? Yes, it has. Explain <laughs> why. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, going back as far as actually I think three or four weeks, um, we started to receive several uh, DMCA uh, takedown notices, which are basically um, notices that material in, in whatever you publish here at the podcast, that uh, it, it contains materials that are copyrighted and that uh, the person sending this thinks that you're using it improperly. Uh, the good news is we know that we're not using the music that we use in the show improperly um, because of several uh, legal reasons that uh, are probably take a long time to walk through. But the short version is because we analyze the music, we don't play all of it, and we talk about it and things like that. Like um, We're allowed to use it, but that doesn't change the fact that if these uh, notices are left kind of unchecked, we will eventually be taken down off of the Internet, and we don't want our podcast to do that. So... In, in an attempt to kind of get ahead of the uh, the computer algorithms that are going to automatically flag us for those things, we're going to shorten up the music that we play in the show um, to just a few seconds. I try to put a little bit underneath, like while we're talking at the you know going into the song, and then just a couple seconds of the actual song, and then we return back to the conversation. Uh, it's well outside of um, any kind of you know protected use. Um, but it's going to feel different, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. And uh, anybody who goes back in time to any of our previous episodes will find that new version uh, throughout now, right? Absolutely. Um, the in fact, the notices that we received, uh, several of them were from like our first year, but but it was throughout our entire catalog. And so, actually, like I spent the last eight days or so going through each episode, <laughs> all the way back to episode zero, um, just re-editing all of them. It was a it was a long task. Well, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, maybe it'll change in the future. Uh, we do encourage everybody listening, if they really want to hear the song, just go out to YouTube and listen to it. Yep. Uh, but in the meanwhile, you know, this is the new normal. Well, and, and here's a silver lining. Um, so we are looking for new ways to get the show uh, into people's ears that don't require this. Uh, that doesn't mean we're going to go away from the podcast. We're going to keep making this show. Uh, absolutely. Uh, this is like what we consider the primary show. Um, but if we put it on broadcast here at WGCU... Uh, then technically, like, we can air whatever we want. And so there will probably be the kind of the old version on the air soon. So we're working on it. All right. Thanks for the update, Richard. Yeah, no problem. One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast where our guests walk us through their past and the musical moments that take them there. Our guest today is Mary Walsh. Mary has been teaching in the Department of Communication and Philosophy at FGCU since 2003. She's originally from the anthracite coal region in eastern Pennsylvania. After graduating college, she moved to New York City for several years where she worked in public relations before returning to graduate school at her alma mater, Bloomsburg University in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. She says she enjoyed grad school so much that she decided to pursue a career in higher education. After teaching at a community college for a year, she began her doctorate program in communication arts and sciences at Penn State, where she met her husband, Sam Walsh, our guest on episode 81, who also teaches at Florida Gulf Coast University. They have two children. Their son, also named Sam, is a junior at FGCU, and their daughter, Anna, is in high school. She's been on our list since Sam's episode, so it's a treat to finally have her in the chair. Hey there, Mary. How are you? I am great, Mike. How are you? I am very well. Thank you so much for coming in. And again, thank you for being flexible. You've moved around a couple times to accommodate our schedule. So thank you. Oh, delighted to be here. So I'm looking at your bio. So you've got a son named Sam. Is he Sam Jr.? 
He is not. He has his grandfather's middle name. Oh, so even though his dad's name's Sam, it doesn't... I never knew. I'm trying to figure out how you decide when juniors happen. Well, if the whole name is the same. Yeah, it has to be identical. Understood. So I was going to make a joke about Sam Jr. being a junior, but he's Uh not Sam Jr. He's not. Oh, dad joke. Dad joke. I like to show off with a dad joke. So, um, So where did you grow up and what was happening musically? around you as you were growing up? Well, I grew up in Frackville, Pennsylvania, which is a small town in Schuylkill County in the Anthracite Coal District. And so it was kind of a classic small town in the Rust Belt. My family comes from a Russian Slavic background, so lots of polkas, lots of church music, lots of whatever's around me. And my brother was eight years older than me, so anything he liked was cool, but I don't recall much of it. I listened to more comedy albums with him than hmm. with music. Hmm. Uh, was there any music being played on instruments in the home? My mother bought a piano for my brother, and he quickly lost interest. But she bought the piano, so I took eight years of piano lessons, and I cannot play the piano. Could you at the end of those eight years? Probably, but I really, I, I fought it. You know, it just didn't come easy, and I just did not love it. How, how many years did he play piano before he quit? I think it was eight years. Oh, okay. You, you had so to run in parallel with it. So it was equal punishment for both <laughs> So that piano had 16 years of hard times. It did. It, was, it didn't feel the love. <laughs> it didn't. Um, when you were exposed to polka music, were you like, that's cool, or were you like, what the hell is that? I didn't have a choice. Long you could family, respond in your own way, though. Well, internally. I mean, long family <laughs> trip. Like uh, Every Sunday, we would take a Sunday drive after church and visit my paternal grandparents. And there was a polka show that would be on. So we would hear like, Yak Tom Billy Urban's Polka Hour. And, and that's what we did. So no one said, are you enjoying this, Mary? No, (laughs) I was a child. Um, uh, Do you have any musical uh, memories associated with your grandparents? Mm, My grandfather, I never thought about this. My grandfather played the accordion a little bit. And my dad gave us the accordion a few years back. Yeah, so there was a little bit of that. And my dad sang and as kind of a negotiation, I took singing lessons while I took piano lessons because I liked those better. So my dad sang in choirs and took vo- voice lessons, but there wasn't a lot of instrumental music happening in the house. Did you ever take a crack at that accordion with your no. limited piano skills? No. <laughs> Where is it now? It is on top of a shelf in my husband's studio slash flex room. Has he ever taken a crack at it? He's, I can see a, an accordion in his arms. Like in my head. I, I could. No, he has not taken a crack at the accordion. Lots of dulcimers, no cracks at the accordion. You need to get that accordion into the hands of somebody that can make music with it. Maybe. I, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I have something for you here. Does this sound familiar? So familiar. Oh, sorry. In here it's quiet. There we go. Ha- have I been bad? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's, the- it's cheerful music, you know, after a few adult beverages, I can appreciate it, but, <laughs> yeah. but I don't sign up for it a lot these There's days. There's a big overlap with, um, I guess, uh, 
Latino music. I don't know how else to characterize it because I've got neighbors behind me, and during the summer they have barbecues, and man, I'm hearing oompa oompa and yeah. all day long on the weekends. So, so that's the uh, that's the opening theme from uh, Yachtam Billy Urban's polka radio show from Shenandoah, oh. wow. and that's you know, and that's two miles from where I grew up. And my grandmother, after a while, just stopped speaking English in front of me. <laughs> and so I thought she was from the old country, but she was from Shenandoah. So, um, yeah, so that's just a little side story. What did she speak instead of English? Um, it's sort of a peasant form of Russian, old church Slavonic. They always called it Slavonic. And I would recognize my name. So you hear, or Marush would be Mary. And so I would know they're talking about me, but I wouldn't know what they were saying. <laughs> wow. And so all I knew was prayers and uh, drinking songs, you know, but I couldn't have a conversation in that Do language. you remember any of the drinking songs? I do. I could teach it later if you'd like. Can you give us a little? Yeah, I'd like to, I'd okay, like to teach Okay, so it let's say... Michael is, you know, he's got his Red Bull there, and we're trying to encourage him to Bull. chug it, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. so well, we left. would sing, <laughs> Nasha Michael Vopier, Mnohayalita. There he goes. Nasha Michael Vopier, Mnohayalita. Mnohayalita. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's like, <laughs> God grant you many years. And so, and that's, that's how they would finish the last barrel of beer at the church picnics. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> that is great. I yeah. like the idea of barrels of beer at church picnics. Yes. Better than better than cans of Red Bull, Mike? Giant cans of Red Bull. <laughs> I hosted Morning Edition. I was up at five. Um, okay, before we get to your first song, uh, besides Polka, do you remember a time that music moved you when you were a kid? Like somehow oh. um, emotionally or otherwise? Hmm. Church music was very emotional. And so if it was sad, it was incredibly sad. So music of Great Lent, of Good Friday and Holy Thursday would be so sad that even if you didn't understand the words, you understood how you were supposed to feel at that moment. Um, and, yeah, so that I, that's probably when I can remember being deeply moved by music would be in church. Okay, good answer. Um, let's get to your first song. What is it? Okay, my first song is My Hometown by, oh, no, it's not. Sorry, my first song. It can be. We can move them. We can move them however you want. All right, so I guess the first song really should be New York State of Mind by Billy Joel. And the reason that I picked that is I mentioned that I was not a very good pianist, but when I could pick the music, if I picked something contemporary, then I would actually practice more than three times before lessons. And I could play a few Billy Joel tunes. And I love New York State of Mind. And because I learned it on the piano, I didn't know it had lyrics for years. Well, isn't that interesting? And, um, you know, and I loved that song. And I could play it pretty good, a beginner's version. And when I moved away from my little town and my little college town, the first thing I wanted to do was to move to New York. And there was just, it seemed like this lifelong media seduction about New York, movies, TV, music. It just seemed like the whole world was there and I was here and I wanted to be there. And so that song was something that um, that always just moved me and meant a lot to me because 
when I went away to college, it was another small college town about 45 minutes away. But the first thing I did nine days after graduation, I had a job lined up in New York City. And, um, and I moved at 21 right after graduation to have a big adventure there for a few years. Had you heard the lyrics to the song by then? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, did you ever get to see Billy Joel play? Not, no, I haven't yet. No? Is he still playing? He is. Hmm. Well, shall we listen to this? Yes. This was, by the way, you know Karen Feldman? Yes. This was one of her songs. Oh, I haven't so, heard her show yet. There you go. Uh, New York State of Mind, uh, Billy Joel off his 1976 album Turnstiles. Were you in New York in your head during that song listening to it? Yes and no, because part of the song was about the dream of it. And I think when you come from a small town, you want the exact opposite of what you had. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because I remember I met a faculty member here who was beautiful and cultured and, you know, lived all over the world. And when she asked about my background and I said, oh, I'm from a tiny town in Pennsylvania. And she's like, oh, you're so lucky. Hmm. To have community and a sense of belonging and a connection to a, to a small, intimate place and live close to family. And I was like, oh, hmm. I thought that was boring. Right. But to her, you know, to, to be uprooted and learn new languages and move around made for a difficult childhood. So I think we all want what we don't have. And even though it was only about a three-hour drive away, New York couldn't be more different than Frackville. And the seed was kind of planted. Um, I was in the gifted program in elementary, and they scheduled a bus trip for New York City. And I went when I was about 9 or 10, and it just seemed like, the whole world on this tiny island. Uh uh And it just seemed so otherworldly and exciting and exotic, like you were raised on Wonder Bread and lukewarm water, and you just stumbled into everything that is in one place and it's only a bus drive away Mm -hmm. so i think it makes me nostalgic for the idealism and the dreaming of what's the next big thing and who could i be and where do i need to be to be this person i want to become so there's just such a dreamy quality of it so that's why i've never been good at learning lyrics there was a a song that Sam was playing when we were on a family trip and it was about a volcano and I was singing about a bowl of cantaloupe. Like I don't usually, I mean, I love poetry and I love to read, but I don't always pay attention to lyrics. So it's kind of interesting that I liked this song before I knew the words. And so that it's more of a feeling than a story. When you think of New York and I think of New York, the sound from that song, that saxophone, that piano, Mm. I don't know if it's Saturday Night Live that we have to blame for that, but isn't that just sort of synonymous, at least for me, with when I think of what New York sounds like, I think, well, traffic, right? But musically, I think of that sort of Sinatra, that kind of that saxophone, that very particular tone that this song embodies. And that's New York, right? Yeah. And also the the contrast, because I can remember maybe when I was really having a bad day and you didn't think you could take another moment and then somebody would be playing the violin Mm. in the subway Mm -hmm. in the summer, thinking about what the subway smells like in summer. And then you would be like, ah, I'm going to be all right. 
this is still magical, and there's still wondrous things happening here. And see, that was music, too. That, mm-hmm. that, that music comes up in our lives in so many different ways, shapes and forms, and changes how we feel about yeah. even a putrid, potentially, you know, subway in the summer environment, and then you have someone so magnificently playing violin. That's, that's, that's beautiful stuff. What did you go there hoping to, like, did you think you were going to live there forever? Did you, did you have aspirations to, like, get into the music industry or the entertainment industry? Or you just wanted to be in the city? We, ever since I was little, I knew I wanted to be there. And I thought I would figure out the rest later. <laughs> and so I started out in mass comp. And so it's fun to be in a radio station because... I remember I tried to disc jockey, and I'm kind of afraid of technology. So I think I just put a record on and like just let the whole thing play <laughs> because hands free. No. There was there was some combination of buttons that would let this blood curdling sound if you didn't hit the right combination, and I did that the first time. <laughs> so the second time I just like, let the whole record play. So not good at technology. Started out in mass com and journalism. Um, And then I was working in the PR office in my school, and I loved university towns, and I loved my school, and too much of journalism was sad for me. I had a chance to do, uh, we called it Bloom News because the university was Bloomsburg University, and there was a double murder-suicide in a town right by where I grew up. And I got to be the anchor that night. And it looked, my face was contorted. It looked like I was going to cry on camera. Like, I took the news too personally to do that every day. And so PR just seemed like happy news from a particular organization's perspective. It's like, that's more Yeah, me. telling someone's story rather than yeah. having to tell all the horrible stories. Yeah. So it was kind of like a good parts version of of storytelling and communication and interacting with people. So... I did PR when I was in New York. And, you know, I liked it for a while. The economy wasn't great. And then I lost my job. And I job hunted and um, applied to grad school. And then when I went back to grad school, I loved school so much. I was like, oh, if I'm a professor, I never have to leave. Right. I get to stay in school Here forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was part of that path. But if I didn't try something else, if I would have gone straight through, there would have been those aching what ifs. Yeah. Um, when you were in high school, like what was your musical vibe? What was your band oh. or bands that were that you identified with? I liked most popular music. And so when I think about what high school sounded like, it sounded like John Cougar Mellencamp. And singing Jack and Diane too loud on the band bus off key. You were in the band? Oh, I was a flag twirler. So I was not trusted with... Color guard. Yeah, I was not trusted with musical instruments while walking. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So, no, I was in the band front, but I was in chorus. I did anything that didn't make you sweat. I didn't do sports, but I joined everything else. So, honor society, chorus... Every school play, so anything that was performance, I loved. You were on stage during plays in high school? Oh, yeah. Any memorable roles? Oh. I was Aunt Abby, the murderous little old lady in Arsenic and Old Lace. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. And, um, and they, start, they stopped doing musicals my junior and senior year, um, but I was a postulant a nun in training in um, Sound of Music when I was in middle school. 
so yeah, so nothing big, but but I just loved performing, and so anything that was performance, I would sign up for. Did you do any uh, post primary education acting? Oh, once. And um, my parents, God bless them, tried to be supportive. I played a prostitute in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. And I had to jump out a window, and they forgot to catch me. So it was a low window, but I was pretty bruised up. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I wore my mother's clothing from the 1950s. And then we had to go out to dinner. It was pretty awkward. But, yeah, yeah. So I only did one little bit of acting in college, but I was on the forensics team. So for me, I could work, go to school full time, and then do oral interp, like pick the best 10 minutes of a play or, or, you know, edit a poem. And so I did that kind of performance for a long time. Do you remember the first music you owned when you were younger? Oh, it definitely had to be Billy Joel and probably Pat Benatar. Um, but I didn't have much to play music on, so I was more of a boombox radio person. You remember the first song you slow danced to? No, no idea. Any idea? Can you remember yeah, the first the first moment of slow dancing at all? Is that in there anywhere? Oh, maybe not the song, but the the, the eighth grade dance. Mm, I cannot. No. So I I asked last week, um, what's what's the song that comes to mind when you hear when you hear the words like. Middle school slow dance, <laughs> even if it's not your first dance. Oh, I don't think we even had dances in middle school. I have no recollection. How about you, Tara? <laughs> oh, she's like, God. Help her out here. I just looked over, Tara's looking at me like, hmm. I'm like, hmm. Well, because I'm thinking about, you know, mine with every, all the boys had spiky hair and frosted tips. And, you yeah. know, you had to, everyone talks about the arms out like this. Oh. and But it was, you know, when like 105.5 and things like that were on the radio more readily, I think. Uh, so it was like hip hops, like Usher, Brian McKnight, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. It was unfortunately that kind of Brian Adams for me. Ah, yeah, okay. I think that's what popped into my head when Richard framed it that way. Um, Whatever uh, Nelly song with Kelly Rollins that was slow <laughs> that I can't remember right now. Honestly, yes, it was that kind of jive. Um, before we get to your second song, um, uh, New York City, did you get to see a lot of Broadway shows? Did you get to see a lot of music while you were there or anything memorable pop out? Well, one of my best friends took me to see Phantom of the Opera. Mm. And that was pretty exciting. And then another friend that I worked with was able to get $5 tickets for the last practice. You know, and sometimes the show wouldn't even make. So I saw a few one-woman shows and smaller kind of things. But I didn't, you know, I didn't have much money. So I was doing the kind of starving artist, eat when it's ladies' night and there's free food offered. So we had a whole schedule of free food nights. You were a starving PR nights. person. Yeah, yeah so like <laughs> not even a starving artist. <laughs> ah, and, um, and so one thing that was really fun was all the stuff that was free in the city. So we would pack a picnic with a bottle of wine and some bread and snacks and go out and there would be a free symphony performance in Central Park. And then I had some friends come from my hometown and high school buddies come and visit and the B-52s played in Central Park. Love that. And so like Love Shack is another, you know, was 
in the top 15 that I kept on whittling down because that sounds like the New York years to me. Oh, I, have such, huh. I have a song story with that song. That's perfect. Uh, that will be another day. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like so happy and fun and lively and fearless and light. You know, so it was, so it was really fun. The B-52s are still going for it, too. Mm-hmm. I saw the B-52s um, in Chicago, uh, and it was a huge festival. So it was Wu-Tang Clan, Slayer, B-52s was also oh, there. Wow. I mean, it was, it was, all, it was all, also Riot Fest, it's called. Oh, it's and, Riot Fest. Yeah, okay. so B-52s, are, the, the bouffant hair, I mean, they had to have 50 pounds of hair on their head still, and they went for it. It was summer, well, September in Chicago, so it wasn't, you know, cold exactly there. And it was the middle of the afternoon, and they rocked it. Yeah. They looked fabulous. Yeah, it was It was a really fun, it's perfect. really great time. Hearing Love Shack in Central Park is an image that I can immediately assemble. Yes. That's f- pretty funny, that Deep South vibe and rocking then in Central that Park. Voice. W- what was really funny is my roommate was an art student, and... She was up on one of the guy's shoulders, and the young man drank much too much <laughs> that evening before. And um, just like poor Bill with Cherie on his shoulders, listening to Love Shack with all those humans packed together. And yeah, so I think he gave up drinking after <laughs> he left the city. Bonus song story. I love it. I just can't get the, It's the beginning of the song that stuck in my head and how he says it. Mm. I mean, have you heard the song? So, I have you know, heard the song, but I can't. If you re- see a faded sign at the side of the <laughs> yeah. road, I can't. I mean, that will get didn't, stuck in my head um, constantly. I'm still trying to yeah, figure out so, yeah. what the roof rusted thing is. I thought I was singing it, it wrong it for ages. Oh, yeah, it's tin roof rusted. I don't. Does that Now, when you say it that way, it sounds dirty. Well, I so think now it's just I'm really a tin curious. roof that has become rusted. Oh, at the side of the road. How much the, the yeah, because this place is a party and it's a shack. Ah, so that tin roof rusted. <laughs> okay, well that clarifies it. Thank you. <laughs> See, I'm that's sure what I love like, about this about life. This. You learn something new every day. <laughs> okay, let's move on to your second song. Ah, okay. So I went kind of chronologically here. So my second song. Most of the things that I thought about were things that made me cry. So I'm really, you, you have the giant tissue box mm-hmm. in front of me, and I've kept it together this far. But I left New York probably because I, you know, a friend of the Bloomsburg Fair said, try grad school. And I loved grad school. And I applied to go on for my PhD. And I was at Penn State, it was, and it was my first year at Penn State. And I felt a little of that intimidation, that imposter syndrome. So it's like, okay, I pulled off a few years at New York. I managed to get a master's, but can I really do this thing? And that kind of sense of most of my friends were married to somebody two blocks away from them that I went to high school with and already had kids. And so I'm, I'm heading back to my hometown for Thanksgiving break. And it's snowing really hard. And there's two ways to get from State College to Frackville. And the way that I went took me through these beautiful mountains. I think it's called Bald Eagle State Park. And so it's gorgeous when you're not white-knuckled driving in the snow. Right. And I made it to the halfway point, and I was going to stop at this restaurant in this beautiful little town of Lewisburg. And it was snowing so hard. I was freaked out, and I was at the halfway point. So do I go back? through the mountains in the snow to 
have Thanksgiving alone? Do I keep on going? Because there's no place that's going to take me in tonight. You were like in a parable. I was in a parable. <laughs> and so as I get to the halfway point, my hometown comes on the radio. And I'm crying until I'm just about hyperventilating and have to pull off to the side of the road. And I just thought, like, some of his music is empowering and, like, Let's get the hell out of here. And then other times it's sad and reflective. And I just felt that kind of tension that I was at this precipice of, do I go back? Do I go forward? Is this who I'm meant to be? And, and, and what do I do at this moment? And so it was that, that spooky moment when you feel like a stranger is narrating your life when you have the radio on. And so... Um, I'm, you know, frack. And what's really funny is uh, my kids saw Frackful for the first time when they went to my mother's funeral in 2017, and they found it charming. And I was like, I wanted to get out of here so bad. How did they find it adorable? Um, and so, so that moment, you know, just made me think about the choices and the path that I was on, and which way do I go. And so sometimes when you can't make a decision, circumstances just force you to push forward. Right on. And so I did. And I made it all the way home for Thanksgiving. Didn't alive. wind up in a ditch. Woohoo! Yeah. And, and so that song just kind of stood out to me as that, that point in my life. And so, and what so many other people have been through too, when you think about us being a, a nation of immigrants and... And, um, you know, in Florida, it's really unusual to meet people from Florida in Florida because everybody's from somewhere else. And so when you make that decision, making a new life somewhere else. So it makes me think of that as well. What kind of car were you driving? Hmm. I think it was a little white Volkswagen Fox. All right. Hard top? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, let's imagine that. And then this coming on the radio. Uh, my hometown, Bruce Springsteen. My hometown, but is this all going to stay in now? <laughs> <laughs> it's that song by Bruce Springsteen from his Born in the USA album released in 1984. So what was going through your mind while you were listening to that here? Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So even with the New York story in the beginning, I realized that my grandfather was an immigrant, and he met my grandmother in Brooklyn, and they married there and had their first child before they moved to Pennsylvania, where he became a coal miner. And, um, and so that it's a normal part of life, you know, to, to get out and try things and, and have this kind of tension of do I stay or do I go? And, and what do the places that I've lived and the people that I've loved how do they shape us and what does it all mean? And so, you know, at the end when he's telling his son to look around, you know, I thought about taking my kids back there um, when my mom passed away and, you know, thinking about all of those alternative endings and all those different trajectories of what if you never left or what if you came back. But the way things worked out for us um, when we moved to Fort Myers, my brother moved to Tampa the year before, 
So I only have one sibling. And so my parents followed. So three summers in a row, 2002, 2003, 2004, all the Pelacs, you know, came down to Florida. And so we all made new hometowns, you know, and and um, both sides of the family are up and down the Gulf Coast. So we're close, but not physically in the same place. And so, you know, thinking about, you know, there is a certain sadness because when I was in high school um, in the 1980s, there was a lot of factories closing down. And so when you think about what are the 80s all about, you think of yuppies and beamers and, and the stock market thriving. But a lot of work went overseas and a lot of factories and plants closed down and, and um, our region was devastated. And so it's sort of sad when things change, but it also kind of creates new possibilities of what could be as well. So, yeah, because there, there are things that are charming and there's lots of happy memories and, and wonderful folks who made a life there and maybe have a further commute, you know, than, than other folks. But, uh, yeah, but that was the, the timing of that song really hit me hard, you know, that it really made me think about where I was and where I came from and, and what my next move might be. You know, it's interesting for me because I grew up in Fort Myers, and it's, it's a small town of its own kind. It's yeah. not that small of a town, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I moved here in 1980, and it was a pretty small town. And, right. you know, me and a lot of my friends, we were like, oh, we want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did a couple little stints out of here during my college years, my the, the beginning of my 16 years of college. And um, I decided to come back because I did want to have roots here. Yeah. Now that I'm, you know, you know. 49 years old, and I, I have such deep roots that I couldn't mm-hmm. buy that in a million years no matter what. So yeah. I feel pretty happy about it myself. Nice. So everybody's got their own path. Yeah, and you're, you're one of those rare natives. Uh, well, I moved here when I was in third grade. So okay. Well, I, I, I know not to claim native uh, status. Well, what's funny is my husband was born in Fort Myers, but they moved to Sarasota when he was two months old. And so he's a, a rare Native he as is, well. He is definitely a rare native. Yeah. Um, okay, so how do you listen to music in your daily life these days? I listen to the radio and podcasts more often that I I'll listen on Spotify. Um, but I, I don't listen to music every day. That it will be like a certain mood <clears throat> or a certain amount of time that I have. But... Um, you know, for me, I, I often are letting other folks pick the music, you know, so when I think of different eras, there's sort of a soundtrack to that time and place, and it's often based on the people that I was with. Do you remember the last time you bought music that had a physical form? Oh, no, I actually don't. <laughs> I don't. No, because now that we're on Spotify, maybe it was a Christmas CD a few years ago before we got on Spotify. Do you and Sam's musical tastes align? And if not, where not? 85%. Because he introduced me to a lot of music that I love. Well, I mean, because there's some things that, um, like he was really into folk music and Irish folk music when we first met. And the best birthday present I ever gave him was tickets to Dave and Tracy because they were on my list when I was narrowing things down. Oh, because it's hard to do a perfect birthday, but I got him tickets. And what was so crazy is there was this thing called the Acoustic Brew. 
and I couldn't find it in the yellow pages because it was pre-internet, so you wouldn't go online. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a place. It was an idea. So it would move. And there was a church that became a yoga studio, and that was where the acoustic brew would often be held. And, and so for his 40th birthday, I bought him tickets, and his mom sent him a little money, and he bought every single Dave and Tracy CD that they had. And, um, you know, we really loved the music, and I was ginormously pregnant at that time. So it was just like such a dreamy time that, you know, starting a new family, newlyweds, you know, imagining of what's next, and just really fell in love with their music. Mm. So where do you and his music tastes diverge? Sometimes I'm, if I'm in a bad mood, he'll find the most annoying music. Which and I remember, like, for instance, like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's like, oh, I think he played Jethro Tull when I was anxious, <laughs> and I, I really considered it as a form of spousal abuse at the time. Flute rock. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't do that to another human being. Um, yeah, and he's he's he'll get into some weird stuff that isn't bound by a particular genre and then get a little obsessed with it. Have your uh, kids come up with any music that they've brought to you that you're like, what the hell is that? Well, you know, when before my daughter was driving and had her own car, she would play music that she knew would anger me when she had friends in the car and she knew I couldn't freak out too much. Like? <sighs> There's certain language that I deeply disagree with. Sure. And, um, yeah, and so I would go on some crazed rants while driving in the area with some in front of, the of her kids she would in front of her friends, yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be kind of fun mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you have a favorite movie musical? Oh, I love musical that's. When I took voice lessons, it would be all of the Oscar and Hammerstein and all of the, like, 1950s kind of stuff. Favorite musical. When the kids were little, we would watch Sound of Music with my mother-in-law all the time. It was one of those few things that everybody could agree on, that it's wholesome and pleasant and... Pretty accessible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there's other musicals. What about like Annie or Oliver? No. No. I, like I got Disney into, animated movies? Um, oh, oh yeah. We, we grew up very Disney with the kids and all of the, the animated films. Um, I got my daughter into Phantom of the Opera when she was like eight, and she would run around the house singing it and make her friends watch it. But that didn't last too long. I'm going to guess that you're not afraid of karaoke. I don't know if I've done karaoke. How is that possible? Mm. Huh. That's why, I just for, for whatever reason, I just felt like that's something you would do. You did, you know, musical theater. You seem like you're not really afraid of expressing yourself. You're a teacher, so you're up in front of groups all the time. I just, I haven't stumbled into karaoke places. I just, you know. We need to do a Three Song Stories karaoke day. We I, totally need to do that. I heard Mike Kennedy's. Three song stories. Yes. And I very much am inspired that like when the masks come off and life has a new normal, we have to do karaoke. We're going to rent out a ballroom. No, bigger than this. We're going to invite 166 Spacious. people. Spacious. 
delicious karaoke. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I wonder. I wonder if TV would let us use the big studio. I'm and, sure. And if like, we did it on the weekend. Oh. No, no. And then like set up cameras and film it. Oh yeah, no, film it with our good cameras. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, that would That's be make it into potential. a fundraiser. Make it into a fundraiser. I was thinking not in the summer. We could summer. put together a special DVD package. No one uses DVDs anymore. I'm just using no, pe- the no, that's general not vernacular. That's not true. People who call people into under- PBS fundraising I know. People buy, buy them from us all the yeah, time. True. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny that you asked me, when did you buy music? And I looked at you like you had three heads. Like, yeah. purchase music in physical form? What? Oh, um, do you have a nickname that has stuck over the course of your life? No. No? What's Russian for Mary? What was it again? Marushka. Marushka. That could be your nickname. We're, we're dub- yeah, that dub- just dubbing. rolls off, rolls right the, off lips. the tongue. It's <laughs> a fun you, language. Do you have any TV theme songs that you would be willing to sing with us if oh. we pulled up the, them on YouTube? Mm. I am unprepared. I have notes, but I didn't think that far ahead. What's a, what's a show you remember watching that you feel like you know all of the words to the to the theme song? A lot of them are annoying. That's great. That's fine. Mm. I was thinking I grew up watching All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Oh, I don't think we've done All in the Family. We haven't done All Hold in on. the Family. Has anybody done the Jeffersons? That's a little yeah, bit less little annoying. Bit. I think we might have done the yeah. Jeffersons Cheers once. is a well-known one. We've done Cheers. Cheers we've done. All in the, the Family. The Simpsons, do they have words? No. No, the they don't have the, words. I, know, I, I think, well, let's see, let's see how much you've got here. Oh. Hmm. What did I grow up watching? There was a lot of sitcoms in the 70s and early 80s. Oh, a cell phone is going off in the studio. I turned that off. I'm so sorry. I don't know how that happens because the little red button's on. Should make sorry. you take the call and let them know that they're <laughs> on the show now. I could punish my daughter is by it daughter? putting yeah, it on. your daughter. Bring it on. Yeah, put it on speaker. Put on speaker. Anna? Hey, where are you? I'm in the middle of three song stories, and you're interrupting my radio show. You're on dear. the show now. She's Anna. on the show right now. You're on the live radio show. Oh, well, I'm calling back. Then I was calling to complain about uh, my test, but God <laughs> <laughs> This might be the best part of the show. Why would you answer? We told her to. We told her to. I'm just obeying the the folks here. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go. I'll call you when I get home. I'll see you when I get home. Then. All right. I look forward to your complaints, Bye, love. Bye. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's a first. I love it. Okay. Uh, here we go. I here thought go. when the little red button shows up that, that the phone will not ring. That's but okay. I guess that my technical skills. It's like the, the turntable. From Television City in Hollywood. Boy, the wiggling played. Songs that made the hit parade. This is so awful. Just like us, us, we had it made. Those were the days. <laughs> when you do what you want. Oh my God. Girls and men were men. So we could use a man like Harvey Hoover again. Oh, I'm so off key. Welfare state. Everybody pulled their weight. Ran great. Those were the <laughs> That was a. Yeah, and you have to do it. Could I way. have just said no? Like, no, I know no. that that's no that was, wasn't a that possible was answer. Gloriously all over the place. Yeah. I that think. was.
I had a friend, still one of my best friends, who who could sing. He's a vocal mimic, so he oh. could do he could sing like somebody. Then he but then he could merge it with somebody else. So he would be like, "This is Edith from All in the Family singing like Sammy Davis Jr. or whatever," and he would do that. Nice. And he used to do Edith's impersonation, and he would you know, oh Meathead, and you know, and so I became Meathead because he liked to sing like part of the Edith shtick. from part of the shtick. So. Little, nice. We dig a little deeper into the ah, show lore. I was show just thinking lore. your name's Mike and you're tall. No, that was a total coincidence. All right. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. Um, if you were a championship wrestler, what would be the music you came in on? <sighs> hmm, maybe something from the Rocky films because I grew up on those too. Like which? Maybe Eye of the Tiger. All right. A very popular selection. It is, yeah. All right. I mean, it's that's what it's for. It, yeah, fair. <laughs> Super fair. Um, if you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind, or if somebody made one that represented you, what would it be? Mm. It would have to have caffeine. I just think of like Starbucks drinks, like dirty sure. chai with another meeting. I don't know. Mm. What would it be called? If I was a cocktail, I can't. I can't think of it. I'm just. Got any help, Richard? Let's start with the dirty chai latte, which is very popular. And is there a is there a kind of liquor that you like? Mm. That might go in there. That might go in that. What would go in that? Like Kahlua. Mm. Well, yeah, you could put Kahlua. You could put bourbon. Bourbon and coffee's good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a drink I used to like in Bloomsburg that we called, uh, it was Frangelica, and a hazelnut liqueur, and it was called a Nutty Irish Wren. So I don't know so if like I would be called the, like a Nutty Caffeinated Slav. I don't know the if nutty that would work. The Nutty Caffeinated Slav. That's perfect. Perfect. Um, <laughs> like a variation on a white Russian with more frou-frou stuff in it, I don't perfect. know. Perfect. Okay, well, now it's time for your third song, which has some overlap there, I believe. Ah, Okay. Um, my third song comes from a memory in 2015, and I said that we're lucky our whole family's on the Gulf Coast, somewhere between Tampa and Fort Myers, but we would always have somebody in Pennsylvania, or it would be hard to get everybody in one place for the holiday, but in... My family's tradition, we would have this special meal on Christmas Eve called Holy Supper. And there were tons of rituals and lots of symbolism. So you would do things like feed the pets first because they gave their manger up for baby Jesus. And, you know, you would light candles and, you know, everybody would take a sip of wine from the same wine glass. And so it was a really important symbolic meal in celebration of Christmas. And we hadn't all gotten together in years. But in 2015, we got the clubhouse of my parents' apartment building. And so we had the Pelac Walches from Fort Myers. We had my brother and his two kids. It was, so it was the first time my parents had all the kids, all the grandkids in one place for Holy Supper to do it upright. And my mom and dad 
you know, were married over 60 years, but they're kind of one of those couples that are opposites, that my mom was sort of slow and thoughtful, and my dad was kind of fast and action-oriented, and um, and and so they and, and very outgoing and very social. My mom was more of a homebody, and so when they sang together, it was like my kids got for the first time, like, oh, that's where they came from as a couple. Like they had so much history from the church and their families and their small Pennsylvania hometowns and common friends and, and all those years. And, um, and they sang a favorite Christmas carol. Like I had mentioned that the church music was so emotional, you know, that sometimes we would have the sopranos collapsing in the church loft, you know, during Holy Friday, because it would be so sad. But this was a, fast-paced, uplifting, happy Christmas song. And my parents sang it together, and then I sang the English version of it. And not everybody knew it, but just like when we sang together, there's that sort of magical being together when you sing with somebody else or when you sing as part of a choir or when you cheer in a stadium. And there's this euphoric sense of we that I don't know if we get in any other way without the connection of the human voice and and being together like that. So the name of the song is Heaven and Earth, and I found a few versions. I have both of the versions that you sent. And um, it's in Slavic, it's Lemnoi uh, Zemya, and so it's Heaven and Earth are Rejoicing. So... Um, to me, that was just a really happy memory of everybody together. Everybody, you know, when you're singing together, you're literally on the same page, you know. And so that that was just a beautiful memory of my whole family together. Which version would you like to listen to? Um, One, I'm going to try to say these. One was St. Vladimir's Liturgical Chor- that, Chorale. That's the easy one. And the other one is Nova Kuznets's spiritual seminary choir from Siberia. Oh, either one would be fine. You have to pick. Okay. There was a YouTube one with churches, so it's probably the one that's harder to say. Can you say that word? Novokuznik? I don't have it in front of me, but we're saying, I've been to St. Vladimir, so do St. Vladimir's. Okay. I can tell that was affecting you. Yeah. Were you back in 2015? Yeah. Yeah. Have you had a chance to sing it since? I don't think so. No? No. Yeah. Um, no, take all the time you need. Um, my brother and I were each other's only siblings. And he had a son and a daughter, and we had a son and a daughter. And my nephew took that video, um, and he's gone. He died right before the pandemic hit um, in a car accident in January 2020. Another thing that I think is really special about what you're doing is the idea of when everything goes away, what's left but our stories. And so um, 
it's fascinating how a song will evoke emotions because they talk about like your sense of smell, you know, so a bakery will smell like my grandmother, you know, because right. she always baked bread for the holidays. And um, yeah, so this was a hard memory, but it, it was so special because they had all their kids, all their grandkids around them. And it's sort of like um, we spend so much time trying to figure out who we are and where we're going and what we should be doing. And again, sometimes what really matters is just revealed to us. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was a really special memory. And, you know, for Russian music, that's cheerful. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if it's cheerful to other people's ears, but it's, it's meant to be upbeat and joyful. And, um, and so even though it's not an easy memory, it's a special one. Um, I did get the YouTube video. Do you want to listen to any of that, or do you just want to, like, nah? It's totally up to you. Um, I get a kick out of hearing my dad. I think I have, like, he's, they start at 309, and then I do the English version. Let's listen to it. Okay. Do you remember heaven and earth? because um, I'm bluffing it through the Russian part <laughs> because it's, it was a fun thing about being in a church choir and learning to sight read is if you screwed up the pronunciation, if you were roughly on the right note, nobody cared. Right. And so I could hear my dad go, <laughs> because when I sang in English, he was like, oh, I guess it's in English. I don't know. But um, yeah, but that was, and it's also really lovely. Um, to hear my mom's voice, because she had a husky alto that she would lose control of, which was even more of the fun, you know, because she would kind of go off the rails sometime, but she was going big or going home with with, uh, singing. Yeah, and she sang around the house a lot. can remember, like, when I was really little and getting a bath, she'd sing to me. So, uh, yeah, it's very special to me. You know, what you were saying before about, like, that magic that happens in, you know, singing together or being Mm. in a crowd together, Mm -hmm. and this has come up a few times since the pandemic, that's all been removed from our existence for the last year. And I feel like our our collective battery is drained. We need that. You know what I mean? Because it's literally not happening. You know, people used to be able to go do that and refresh, and it's just not happening. Yeah, I think we were, when we talked with Clay Motley about how, like, yeah, yeah, like, there there are all these um, blues musicians who like so so during the pandemic one thing that popped up were a lot of people um started doing online performances mm. right because they couldn't do stages right. and for some artists that was great because you suddenly had access to an audience that would never have come to your tiny little 
once a month I do a show in a coffee shop, right? They're never going right. to see you. So this was great. But for some musicians, especially blues bar musicians, like they need a crowd. Yeah. It's part, especially where he, where they were playing in Mississippi, like they it's part of the performance is they need to see you. People don't go to those bars and sit and drink and watch them perform. Mm. People get up and wave their hands and dance like while they're playing. Yeah. And so if they put if they sit down in front of a webcam, it's not the same. No, no. And the music itself kind of suffers for it. So we're looking forward to breaking out of that. I think you guys need to throw us a big karaoke party and I promise I would try karaoke if if you put it all together. All right. Um, I had to look up because I didn't know how to characterize him. Do you know who Douglas Hofstadter is? No. He's a American scholar of cognitive science, physics, and comparative literature. He's kind of a philosopher meets brain scientist ah, meets computer scientist. Right. Um, I bring it up because he wrote a book called I Am a Strange Loop. And it was one of the books <gasps> that changed my thinking of everything <clears throat> in regards to what you were just talking about. And he goes into some sort of ways that he's worked to, I guess, prove this in a research-based way. But basically what it boils down to is, is that none of us are anything except what exists in other people's heads, if you think yeah. about it. It's like, a, and, like reverse solipsism. Yeah, and it's kind of like when Coco came out, the Disney movie. I was thinking That's about that. That's kind of like what Coco's yeah. all about. Have you seen Coco? No, it's yeah. like um, once you're gone from the earth... You will only remain an entity in the afterlife as so long as somebody still remembers you. Yeah. And that's a big part in my faith tradition that when you sing Vichna Epomya, it means memory eternal. So hmm. maybe heaven is that you are never forgotten. Right. Because somebody's telling your story, they're singing your song, they're looking at your photo. You know, they're sharing the legacy with the next generation. That's basically the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's the research-based uh, thing that you should read I'm the Strange Loop. It's, it's very moving. That's fascinating. And you know, in, in, in communication, there is a, a theory about nothing is real until we share it with somebody else. And sort of that, that notion, you know, like a, an example we used to use was a friend got engaged and she wasn't really engaged until she told her mom, you know, that it, it wasn't real mm -hmm. until you share it with another human being. And you mentioned some artistic forms need that live audience. And I just think about uh, Alyssa Rocca, I know, did the show years ago. And as an opera singer, you know, it's, it's like entire industries just disappeared yeah. that uh, you know how difficult that must be to uh, to face. You know that kind of abrupt change in all of our patterns of of life. Broadway's still closed. They just announced wow. they're going to be opening up on September sixth. Yeah. September sixth. Yeah. That's incredible. Heard it on Marketplace. Yep. <laughs> um, if somebody does karaoke in a room by themselves, does it exist? Oh. <laughs> it's like a koan. <laughs> Does karaoke require an audience for it to be real? Mm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise... Cause, it's cause, just shower singing. Yeah, because any, anyone can sing. You're not doing karaoke unless you're with people. See, it's all tied together. Um, peak concert experience from your life, if you have one, that leaps to it, mind. It has to be Sam's 40th birthday right. with Dave and Tracy. What was so sweet is... 
It was a church that became a yoga studio, and it was so bare bones that at the beginning and end of the performance, we did the fireman's brigade of folding chairs. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, and like people, you know, made homemade cookies, and it was it was just such a a sparse but magical night. Biggest concert you've ever been to? Probably the B fifty twos with In Central with, Park with Cherie on Bill's shoulders. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet simultaneously, what would you choose? Oh. You have the power. Everybody gets the same song from me, huh? All at once. So everybody's looking around going, where's that coming from? I would do the Indigo Girls Closer to Fine because then we would all sing together, (laughs) even if we aren't in the same room, because that was just one of those belted out on a road trip. Everybody knows the words. Happy. What about people like in India? They probably know the words, maybe. By the second, you know, by the second verse. That's probably. true. That's yeah. true. By the time it comes around. Um, if you had to guess what song you've uh, listened to the most times in your life, what would you guess? Um, probably Dave and Tracy's Gentle Arms of Eden. Okay. Uh, any songs you'll avoid listening to for memory reasons or otherwise? Jethro Tull. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was like, <laughs> that's why there's no weapons in the house. No. Um, yeah, that, that I, I didn't do well with that. Um, uh, any musicians or bands you've come into more recently that, you know, have entered your radar? Not necessarily brand new bands, but just new music to you. Sam introduced me to Ingrid Michelson, Mm. and I love her work. And she did, I Just Want to Be Okay. And all these people with depression would write her about like, wow, I needed that song so bad. And then she did a funny version on Samantha Bee about the earth not being okay. But it uses some blue language, but it's really fun, and she's great to listen to. Um, do you have a favorite band? A favorite band? I like U2 a lot. Ever seen them live? No. No? Um, album you would choose if you could only listen to one ever for the rest of your life? Oh, album it's almost like what's that right hmm that's a tr- that's a pretty tricky one maybe drum hat buddha more dave and tracy okay i need to look up this dave and tracy i don't know i don't know nothing yeah. about dave and tracy um what would your 14 year old self think of who you are here today mm. i think she would be surprised what would surprise her the most um, that I've come further than I anticipated. Okay. I have a follow-up that I'm adding. This is the first time I've added it. What would you wish you could tell your 14-year-old self? Oh, relax. Have some fun. Chill out. Chill out. You know, there's no social media. If you make mistakes, they won't be recorded. But when you get to your doctorate, try hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, of your three songs. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to categorize one into each of these three buckets. Okay. One is you will guarantee that it's popular and listened to forever. Mm. One, you are going to remove from existence. It never even happened. 
Mm. Not like from henceforth, like ever. Okay. And the other one becomes music to you for the rest of your life. It's the only song you can listen to. If you turn on any musical device, it's Tan Roof. (laughs) (laughs) You have to hand that to me on a slip of paper, the secret meanings that we shall not discuss. Okay, one that it will never exist. One you remove from ever having existed. Mm. Doesn't exist. And then... Guarantee forever fame. Mm. And then the one is the which can you bear the longest. That is so hard. Is this the first time you've tortured oh, somebody no. with this question? No, no. This we is added, an old one? Yeah, we added this about a year ago, I think. Okay. All right. Maybe a half year ago. By the way, when you said earlier when we had Alyssa Rock on years ago, I'm like, we've been doing it for years, Richard. Well, I, just, cause I, I think Sam was about two years ago. Yeah, so that's yeah. Like, anyway, yeah. no, I have those little moments where it's like, wow, we really do this. Yeah. So I would say there's so many Russian Christmas carols that if we got rid of heaven and earth, then I wouldn't have cried on your radio show. Okay. Wow. Um, Logical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then one is in my head. Yes. Do you want Billy Joel for the rest of your life, or uh... I, I think I could. I think things that don't make me cry, I'm kind of moving towards. So I would, I would do New York State of Mind in my head, and hometown. Hometown as... gets pot, gets listened to a thousand years from now. All right. Okay. Um, uh, last question is three people recommend. Ah, okay. Well, a dear friend and. FGCU alum Katie O'Connor, I think, would be great to bring in. And um, one of your former professors, Dean Davis, is a fine storyteller. And I think he would be a hoot. Oh, yeah. He's a snowbird now, but we're lucky enough to have him half the year. Wow. That's like, I feel like that Star Trek or Star Wars meme, like, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Yes. I think Dean Davis (laughs) would be. So we'll get him in in the fall. A blast. Yeah, so you, you midsummer, you, mm, no luck. Um, and a third person. Tracy Grammer. I don't know. She's not in the area, but if you do some of them long distance, because um, when we saw her perform with Dave, we signed up to see them again at the Philly Folk Festival. And the week before we saw them, Dave died of a heart attack at age 49, just dropped it after a run. And so part of her work, because she's written her own songs and posthumously released some of the things they did together, but part of her mission in life is to keep his music alive. So I think she might have some great stories if she would be willing to tell. Okay. We will try to make that happen. You know Tracy? Like you have access to her? I'm, we're not pals. I've met her two or three times after she performed. She's come down as far south as Sarasota. But you have a way to contact her? Oh, yeah. I'd be oh, okay. able to give you contact information. Okay. Any final thoughts? Well, I am really grateful that you're doing this work because I've tried to weave storytelling into so much of my scholarship, of the assignments that my students do, because I feel like that's when we really connect with people in meaningful ways is when we share our stories. And I feel so lucky to be able to connect with so many people, and Richard too, everybody. 
So thank you. Thank you. This has been a blast. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Tara Callaghan is our online content producer and occasional host. And Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, I thought we'd go back to episode 81 and listen to one of Sam Walsh's stories, since he's the one that suggested Mary be on the show. Back when uh, my son was born, I was putting together the birth video. And I really thought about this song because... uh, you know, I love the song in general, even because it takes, uh, you know, it takes like Darwinism, Christianity, Gaia worship, and all these other things. And in one stanza, blends them all together. Beat that. And I used it for the uh, soundtrack for the birth video for my son. And God, this was about um, probably about eight months later. And this is back in the days of the web when you didn't have YouTube. You put your own stuff up. So sure. I'm posting yeah. this on my own website and everything. And I got an email from this lady in Canada. And she said, you don't know me, you'll never know me, but... I was going around and I was looking at birth videos on the web. I'm, I'm eight months pregnant. I'm, I'm going to give birth soon. And she said, they were scaring the hell out of me because I go and I see these these bloody things. It's screaming. They film the actual birth and all that. She says, she says, I was really starting to freak out. So then I came on yours and it's this nice, gentle music. She says, and I really feel good about it. Thank you. Whoa. You know, beat that as, as, a, as a creator. Uh, you know, do something that you'll never know the person. Yeah. And then, you know, Okay, well, let's listen to this song, uh, uh, Gentle Arms of Eden, uh, by Dave Carter and Tracy Grammer. The late Dave Carter, unfortunately, died a couple of months after after we saw him in concert. And so he was supposed to play the Philly Folk Festival. He and Tracy were going to play there. And Mary and I went to go see them. And she sat out in the field. You know, it, my son was three months old, nursing in a thunderstorm so we could go see him play and see them play. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. A gold record presented to Devo. I hand carried that. So it was like, you know, my bag was lost, but I still had this gold record and I had a ticket to the show. And they were like, why are you carrying this thing? Like, you got to go put that back in your car. And I was like, well, I may be meeting the band, (laughs) you know, like I'm going to get them to sign this gold record. Right, right.